2: lester till i die podcasts on the apple itunes spotify google anchor and all podcast platforms you are watching lester till i die tv with chris and chunks youtube facebook twitter instagram and pinterest all you need for everything Leicester city fc it's lester till i die tv strap yourself in because we're set up switched on and ready to go
0: Jerry Taggart here Now be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information Come on you foxes
2: Good afternoon fellow fox fans How the devil are we feeling? I tell you what If this afternoon has proved anything to me, I know sweet FA about football. Leicester 3, Liverpool 1. Not sure what happened there, but it didn't work. <laughs> but we, uh, who cares? I don't care. It could all go wrong. We have just beaten Liverpool for the first time since 2017. And uh, I tell you what, let, let's get the dancing girls out, shall we? And this isn't working either. You know, there we go. There we go. They were, they were a bit shy. They were a bit shy. Had to bring them out. And I tell you what, tell. I'm going to use all the uh, all the old saying Tell the two halves or what? I mean, at half time, once again, I thought that Brad was beating his cod out, but second half turned it round. We are gonna say <laughs> we've got a special guest with us. That's what I'm gonna say, Julian Watts. And um there we go. We will bring him in and say good evening or good afternoon, I should say, to Julian. First of all, afternoon,
0: Chris. Hello, Julian. How are you doing? Uh, Very good after that result, although it felt like a frustrating (laughs) afternoon for most parts. It was. Uh,
2: Let's get Brad in and let's see if he's put his cod away again or if he got it out. How are
1: you doing, Brad? I'm doing very well. Like Julian said, I've had to chuck my script book out the window. I was going to have a bit of a moan about that until uh, we sprung into life there. You can't ask for a better 12 minutes of your life, could you? Wow. Maybe. Maybe it's been a while for me in other circumstances, but on the footballing terms, best 12 minutes I've watched for a while.
2: I <laughs> do. Uh, I think it was actually eight minutes they timed it out between uh, everything turning round. And um, I'll tell you what, it lasted longer than some of my sessions with my missus. I'll <laughs> that. But uh, at half time, I wrote this. Um, boring game or tactical masterclass? Julian, what was it? What what what
0: did we see? I, I felt, felt in the first half that we didn't really press Liverpool 1. We didn't press them high up, so they had good possession at the back and they were able to build play quite easily. Uh, we were always sort of one step behind them. We didn't close the next ball down. And it was more <laughs> reactive pressing than, like, actually, you know actually getting at them which I was disappointed with whereas Liverpool did press high and we really struggled to keep hold of the ball and uh, I think that was the story of the first half and that was the frustration because I felt like we were passive as we were in the 3-0 defeat earlier in the season um, and it, it looked like it was going to be a long bleak afternoon but you know thankfully as we know we turned that round eventually. Oh, I'm going to
2: give a shout out to a few people here. Facebook user The Balls Round, that's all I know. Uh, Lee Byrne, good afternoon, mate. How are you doing? Um, Brookline, good evening from America. Um, Had a dream this morning that Leicester scored three goals in seven minutes. Me thinks you've been hitting the bottle there, Brookline. Um, Come on now, come on. Uh, Craig Sawbridge, good afternoon, Craig. He went for 3-1 earlier and that's for his dad today. Uh, flying high, great beef. Great, great three points today. I haven't been drinking, honestly. Um, nice one for your dad, there, Craig. I'm sure he was looking down and enjoying that. Um, Facebook user, afternoon, oh, Rob. Good afternoon, Rob. Thanks for joining us. We got away with that one. We did indeed. We did indeed. Um, Brad, you had to rewrite. I had to rewrite my script. You had to rewrite write yours. Do you remember the Arsenal game where literally it was a bit like that in the first half and we we, we came, you know, away with the win? And I don't. Has Brendan got the magic touch here?
1: He's obviously doing something right because each time we even dare to question his tactics, his line-up, his squad selection, the, the squad goes out and gets a performance like that. I mean, the difference you could say between this performance and Arsenal is at least... Even though it was back to the wall for most of that game, at least you always felt comfortable. Arsenal didn't offer too much of a threat, whereas Liverpool could have had, to, could have been out of sight at some points in that game. Let's be honest with you. I know the euphoria, and people might be thinking, "Oh, here comes the damp squid." But we can't look past the fact that the game Liverpool were in control of. You know, we grew into it in the second half. Maybe you know it was in the minds that we had, um, you know, Pereira on the left. Instead of the instead of his natural right position, Marty started at right back and has only obviously had like a handful of games this season. It maybe took us a while to get to grips and get the ball underneath our feet a bit because that seemed to be it. Liverpool seemed to be in cruise control. Uh, but in the second half, we sat deep, which wasn't too adventurous, but it did the job. And then when Liverpool kind of looked comfortable, the apple crumble came out, didn't it? And like you say, in a blink of an eye, it was three one to Leicester, and it almost looked like this is one of them games where the stats won't reflect the scoreline because for, for seventy seven minutes the score the scoreline was probably reflected in the stats, but the end result, wow! I mean, just goes back to my point. We had I think we had five or six shots on target in that game, scored three of them. Admittedly, one of them are was. You, rapt- are, you, are you quoting the stats at me there? Uh, Brad <laughs> I, I, I might just be totally, trying to point out Before the stats come up That our conversion rate yet again win, Wins the day <laughs> yeah, I just, have to be just honest, today,
2: actually upload the stats today Because I thought um, <laughs> You just couldn't You couldn't have written that Could you Julian I mean you couldn't have foreseen that At half time uh, I mean I think when Liverpool actually went one up I put like You could see that coming from the first minute
0: yeah, I mean, for me again, the slight sort of moment that I'm going to have is that I thought we set up to to draw the game. You know, we like I say, we sat back, we didn't press too high up the pitch. We were, I think we, I think you know, it looks like we would have been content, you know, with a nil nil, and that's why we didn't really have much urgency. As soon as they score, and that game plan then has to turn itself on its head, uh, and then you you have to show a bit more urgency, which we did, and then you know we get the um, you know we get the free kick and the goal from that, and then the second goal out of absolutely nothing. And that's when the game really changed on its head and, and Liverpool really had to come at us then and the, the, the spaces opened up behind and Barnes came to life and Vardy was looking a bit more dangerous and, you know, at, at the end of the game, it, it was a, you know, if someone came in and watched the last 20 minutes, they'd say we were the best side and we won comfortably. Obviously, that wasn't the story, but, uh, you know, that's where it turned for me.
2: I mean, Brad, Vardy...
0: Uh, Hit the post in the first half. It wasn't all
2: all Liverpool. We did have uh, a, a few breaks.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I did put out at half time despite all Liverpool's control of the game. In the end, Leicester mm. could have felt like they could have come in one nil one nil up or, at least at, at some point. Jamie Vardy, and that's where we kind of showed with Jamie Vardy and, and the way we got them chances in the first half, where Liverpool was susceptible to. And I was starting to feel the way that defensively in that second half performance that, like, like Julian says, and it wasn't a Leicester fan before kickoff that probably wouldn't have taken 0 nil against Liverpool regardless of their situation and their current results. That uh, you know maybe we were hoping to sneak one down the other end, get away, and we'd shown mm. where their weaknesses is. I think maybe Leicester were hoping for a burnout, and I think when Leicester went, when Liverpool went on that press and, and and opened themselves up to get the goal. You know, that's when we kind of came into element. Like Julian said, it kind of went well, that's plan B out of the window. We're not going to see a nil nil because they've scored now. Now we've, we might as well go out and try and win the game and and lose it 2 0 going forward and at least creating some chances and then, then see it out to a drab 1 0 defeat. And in the end, we I, know I, exactly I... what happened.
2: I actually went for a one-one, and I spoke with—I uh, don't know if I, I think I saw the pre-match show. Uh, we had uh, Pete Pete joined us because Josh Josh wasn't available, so we got Pete on, and it made me feel old. He was young enough to be my son, but uh, he he actually went for three-one. So again, it just shows that uh, us oldens don't know everything. But at that point, I said, "Would he take? A, would he take the point?" Because at the start of the game if you'd offered me the point, I think I would have taken it purely, I'll come to you Julian, with this, but purely because Liverpool have been such a bogey side for us.
0: Julian. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, it it is that, but, you know, we've had the conversation over and over again about, are we a top team? And, you know, I think if we're a top team, we, we, we go at the top teams a bit, a bit more aggressively. I mean, you know, we might not get the result we did today, but that's where we need to consider ourselves. If you look at the starting lineup, I was a bit uh, bemused. Uh, again, I'm a big fan of Luke Thomas, as you know, and he didn't start, and I thought that would have balanced us out a lot better. Um, yeah. So, so that you know, that that was um, again frustrating to me. But looking at the team, the eleven that went on the pitch was really a very very strong team. And if you looked at both benches, I think our bench was a little bit stronger. Yeah. Uh, than Liverpool so you know despite the injuries that we had in the bad one midweek that's uh, you know and, and what we've gone through this season we are still looking like a strong team and I don't think there are any excuses to, to why we set back but at the end of the day you know that's how we set up and the result was right so you know I said it before <laughs> in Brendan we trust and yeah. you know and we have to whatever whatever frustrations we feel as fans uh, and what have you you know they got the result today and they're sitting pretty this afternoon.
2: I mean, I've got to thank um, Craig for this, the, who does the preview show with me. And uh, I, I did actually play this to the Liverpool fan last night when we did the opposition view show. Of course, Liverpool, well known for four letters, Y-N-W-A, but we found another meaning for this you'll never win again.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I to say, I wish I'd come up with it, but I'd have to give credit for that to Craig. Um, and I must admit, I'm glad it didn't come and bite me back on the bum. I was expecting, uh, Brad, maybe Luke Thomas to start at left back because obviously he's, he's naturally on that side. Ricardo didn't have a bad game there, but I think because it was Liverpool, had it been... No disrespect to them, a West Brom or a Fulham, we might have seen Luke Thomas out, but because it's Liverpool, I think you know he, he wanted Ricardo and his experience out there.
1: Yeah, which you know does make for sense. I mean, I had to pick the lineup aside. At first, I thought Marty was going to play in a line of three. Um, yeah. I didn't really recognise the, the lineup straight away until I kind of pieced it together. And I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of Leicester fans given the options of natural left-footed players on on that left side, you know, Thomas was expected to see there. And when he didn't, you kind of figured, well, how are they going to go about it? And, you know, at the end of the day, Rodgers has chosen experience. He he obviously knows, you know, Ricardo is one of the best right-backs in the Premier League. Um, And if he could replicate something towards that on the left-hand side, it was going to work. And after about 25 minutes of his nerve settling and, we got a foothold in the game. You could see that he kind of just played the left as if he was on the right. It didn't really matter to him. He, he was great at getting forward and and, and and covering back when needed. And I think maybe, you know, like you say, tactical genius. Maybe a stretch the word genius there, but to play to, to to take the chance on going at experience over natural sided player paid off, paid dividends in the end. Because as much as I'd like to have seen Luke Thomas in that game. You 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 just always have that fear with an academy player that's only played a handful of games. Let's remember at first team level, maybe gets caught in the headlights sometimes mm. in them attacks. Whereas Ricardo's got the experience to know that if he does get beat, someone's going to cover him and he can regain his ground and make it up. So in the end, it paid dividends to us. It worked yeah. a treat in the end. So Julian, yeah. I mean. <laughs> he,
2: he, he, sometimes as a manager, you buggered if you do, buggered if you don't. You know, had had we lost this, obviously we, we we have a completely different conversation. But I often say, "Will the real Leicester please stand up?" I mean, in the last two games, we've scored from a corner. We've we had Liverpool got in the first twenty five minutes. They had six corners, and and we didn't concede.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought the back line... I mean, uh, chu started the game excellently. He was really on the front mm-hmm. four positive. And I think, you know, those two centre-backs today, him and Johnny Evans, were the, probably the cornerstone of the performance because they had to work so hard. They were under so, so much pressure, dealt with just about everything that uh, Liverpool threw at us and, and kept us in the game. And, and that was the thing. And I think uh, Madison said after the game in the interview, when you play Liverpool, you've got to stay in the game. And, you know effectively we did do that and ended up getting the rewards for for staying in the game and uh, so like you say tactically if we'd not won the game we'd all be near very very critical of everything but we can't now because we turned it around and scored three goals very quickly we did some of the first half up for me brad it, it
1: was one of the games that in the first half you kind of felt oh god no, we're doing exactly what we didn't want to see as fans. And that was like Liverpool getting our faces, getting a grill, have more of the ball. And you was hoping that defence that earlier in the season, and, and I've always stated that since since like the first six or seven games, we've got it out of our system, but you was hoping yet again that the defence would hold strong and, and and kind of ride the wave as it was. And when we did that, you know, that's when Leicester had their best you know, spell of the game for the last 10, 15 minutes of that half, it was always going to be tough. And we've, we've always seen what Liverpool have to offer despite the run, but it was, it was, it was one of the performances where it, you know, like Julian said, until the magical turnaround, I was already starting to think this is the first time since probably we played West Ham at home that I generally thought we was going to lose a game at home. We weren't, Mm. I, you know, I just felt we can't hold this out forever. And, you know, it was the case in the end. Let's face it, we did go 1-0 down because of relentless pressure from Liverpool. It, it, you know, it, all right, the goal came in the second half where they were less threatening to a degree. But I did start to worry that if they get in front, it was going to be them that scored. Because if you remember last season, where everybody says that was the start of the downfall for Leicester, it was 1-0 at half-time, and then they scored three goals in seven minutes. It's very nice to have the shoe on the other foot. I have to admit, it's nice to score three goals in seven or eight minutes this time round. But the first half, I was—that I, was probably the most concerned I've been since the West Ham game that we weren't going to get a result out of a home performance.
2: Yeah, Julian, Rob made the point there, and I, I'd actually put a post up because I thought that uh, Evans was going to come off. He—he um, he, he looked to be to be limping. He looked in trouble. Is it? I mean, obviously they do say like, oh, they'll run this injury off and what have you, you know, and, and, and be right. As a player, is it easy
0: to run something off like that? Uh, it, it really depends on the injury. I mean, I know with Johnny he sort of stuck a leg out and, and took a yellow card for a trip. And if he's if he's got caught when you're dangling a leg out, it can be quite painful. If it's muscular and it's a dead leg, you can run it off, but that'll seize up at half-time and, you know, you need to keep moving. And, and, like, so after the game, you're like, you know, I'll have a bit of a dead leg. If it's a knock and it's more, you know, on, on your bone, one of your bones and it's just sore, then that is mm-hmm. just something that you sort of have to have to put up with and you can do probably more easy than a muscular one. So, yeah, he did look in a bit of trouble early doors, um, but then he just seemed to come out second half and he, he looked okay. Mm-hmm. So fingers crossed that he is because we are obviously a bit thin there. We don't really want to be like like Liverpool about to do with Enderson. We don't really want to be doing that with Ndidi but that would be probably the next course of action with the you know players available.
2: James Madison. I mean, I did actually see the um, see the interview, and he he said in almost he didn't say in these words. We might as well have done to the interviewer. Liverpool aren't the only team with injuries here, and you know he's uh, I love I love his post match interviews, Brad. He says it as it is, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he's such a professional, just like myself on the on these uh, live shows. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's no, he's such a professional. I only care about myself, uh, but uh he's always handed the media with a
2: You noticed there, neither was actually jumped up. With the <laughs>
1: <picture>. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I'll take I'll take my own compliment. That I give myself then. But no, he's always (laughs) handled himself with such maturity and class when it comes to the interviews. And and sometimes you need that. You need that bit of player that's just going to do it. I mean, Ranieri was good at it when we won the title. And that's not me saying we're going to do that now. I still think Man City are the red-hot favourites at this Mm. point. But the top four qualities to end the season on the high and to kind of bat away the attention and focus off Leicester, which we kind of actually have come to love over the years. You know, we like being a hashtag invisibles. As, as in the media eyes, and he just does that so well. And you know, Morgan was very good at it, and it's why these people are such a key element in, in, Leicester's, in Leicester's squad because they just have a you know, just a knack of doing things, and sometimes you just need that you know, clop, clop. I'd love to see his post-match interview because I can imagine he's blaming all sorts. It's probably the wind, the snow, the grass. He wasn't, the length, he wasn't the line very of
2: complimentary about VAR. Um, oh,
1: didn't did it? Paul didn't get. A Levar Paul,
2: yes. I mean, Julian. I mean, I I I did talk sport this morning. I don't know if anybody actually heard it. Probably not. Um, I, I I attract an audience of zero. But I was on TalkSport and I said, you know, we have called, because we were saying about Leicester's challenge for the top. And I pretty much said what Brad was saying, you know, it's, it's Man City's We're talking top four. But we do get ignored by by the media. I mean, I, I did this earlier and this is, these are the stats that Brad wants to see. I said I hadn't got any stats, but I had have got some stats. And if you see the top one there, it's how long Sky Sports will talk about each team. And it was 80% Liverpool and 20% Leicester. <laughs> that, that really sums the sky up for me. But it's all right being the invisibles, isn't it? Really go under the radar and keeps the pressure off us.
0: It, it does. I mean, and in, you know, in 16 when we won, that was the thing. It was, you know, we were always lurking there and thereabouts. But I don't think anyone really believed And until, you know, there was a point in the season, I suppose everyone had their different moments in that season where they thought... Yeah, we, we can do this. But I think it would have been, you know, way past maybe February or something like that. Yeah. So uh, because, you know, we, we probably didn't perceive it ourselves. But I think it's something I said on the previous show. It's just, you know, the bigger clubs do, do have that history that we don't have. And hopefully in 10 years' time, we will have that history. And we will be, yeah. you know, considered more than a thought in the side. We'll be up there as proper title contenders with the, with the other so-called big, big guns. But, uh, yeah, at the moment, if we stay under the radar... We're sitting in a really lovely position. Top four would be absolutely, you know, fantastic. And it's yeah. still a tough ask with, you know, the changeover at Chelsea and their turnaround in form, you know, Man United, Man City doing well. So we really have to be on our toes. And that's why I thought it was such a, a big result today, you know, just to put like an extra three points between us and Liverpool who are struggling uh, and again, I, I'll go back to my disappointment with the Wolves game when I thought it's a team we should have gone and won the game and, and we'd have had two more points, you know, this afternoon and sitting even better, uh, if I'm honest. But uh, but we didn't and but still in a great position. And, uh, you know, like I say, we have to trust the manager who's doing a great job. Brad, the, yeah,
2: um, Doug from the, the Liverpool uh, uh, Cop Council, who did the opposition view with me, he actually was very praising of Leicester City and he was sort of saying... As a fan, he considers Leicester more of a top six side now over the last couple of years than Arsenal are. And
1: well, uh, so, sorry to cut you off there, Chris. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think I think most clubs will be classed more of a top six challenge side than Arsenal. But I, 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 I do get the point, and it is, it is good that it's being recognised in, in that stature. Like Julian said, hopefully in ten years' time we could notch that up to something more than just a a nuisance in the top six. Because that's what we are. You know, we're not the media darlings. We, we were only the media darlings because we took the... You know, we were like Robin Hood for that season. We took we took from the bookies and gave back to, to, to the public, in a sense, for that season. But after that, we've really kind of annoyed them because it's like, all right, Leicester, you won the league, but now go back to where you belong. And now yeah. we're still here going, no, no. no. You know, we're kind of... We're niggling at them and hopefully we can build on that. And there's no reason this season... I mean, I'm not, I don't want to jinx it, but we had a roundup, didn't we, a few weeks ago, Chris, where you got me and all the other presenters, and I think you should get Julian's prediction in now, even though it's a bit further down the line, of who's going to win what. And I said we'd finish, I believe I said we'd finish second, didn't I, or third? I think I've got us down for the highest finish, and I think that would be more of an achievement than Man City winning the Premier League because it's less expectant.
0: That's the oh, statement
1: yes. now. I think yes. we can push on. Now we're in that final yes. third of the season. Push this on.
2: Yes, I mean def- definitely, it it would. Be, I think it would be an achievement to to, to get there. I agree with Stephen's comment. Brett, good afternoon, and uh, nice of you to to join us. And I hope you're a good, lady, as well, and in, enjoying. Brad with his beard back, and we're going to say a good evening to to Chandal Dave as well. Thanks for joining us, Chandal. You're more than welcome. Um, no changes at an half time. and We're going to go look at the second half now, which is sort of when when it when it all happened. But were you surprised? No, no subs at half
0: time, Julian. No, because uh, you know as as the game sort of continued and carried on. I think you know Brendan was would have been the happier of the two managers. You know, like I say, not ideal for how I'd like to see us play, but we were in the game. It was nil-nil. There was no reason to change anything. I mean, yeah. the only thing you would look at doing at that point is if you were really going to have a go for it. And I never felt that we, we sort of wanted to at that moment of the game. So uh, I thought it was, you know, no surprise for me that, that there wasn't anything. There were no injuries and it was just going to be same message at half-time for the second half. Come out, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, obviously then the changes started as the match changed, but uh, as the match didn't change, then the, the change, you know, no subs were necessary. I think, Chanda,
2: you, you make a good point there. We've no longer got David Rennie. We're getting all these injuries. But it's been said a few times, and it's not just Leicester that have got the injuries. And yes, you know, we, we were moaning at the start, but, uh, you know, most teams in this division are suffering with injuries. Now, whether that's because... um I think personally, because we only had a very short uh, off season, we're playing a lot more games, more regularly, and and, and and you know recovery time is probably expected to be less. We've only had three we had three goalless draws in 101 matches, Brad. It looked like that in going into the second
1: half, though, didn't it? It could have ended up like that. Well, um, I don't know if it necessarily looked like it was going to play out to a nil-nil, but that was definitely on the cards at half time. Um, going back to the injury uh, comment, I think you're dead right. I don't think it's anything to do with the staff or the quality of backroom staff we've got in. It, it you know, because like you say, we're not the only side. Half the Premier, League, in fact, most of the Premier League at some point in season has or is suffering still with short-term niggles, long-term injuries. Whether it's three or four players, they've all suffered at some point. You know, like Madison's come out and said, Liverpool aren't the only side with injuries. I I could say the Spurs have had injuries, Chelsea have had injuries at some point. You know, Liverpool injuries, Man City are missing De Bruyne still. They've missed Aguero at points this season. So it's just been the case of trying to cram a season and play catch up in in, in a, you know, after a season that lasted over a year, nearly near on a year. Mm. You know, it was never going to be easy. And it's so credit to them sides, not just Leicester, but them sides that have got through this and are coming out of it shining. I know if you look further down the league and you look at the last season that Sheffield United were up there and were flying, the, the turnaround hasn't worked in their favour. they They've really struggled. Newcastle have struggled yet again. Brighton, although they look good on the ball, have struggled. But then there's teams like Leeds that, OK, their championship season was... Affected as well to a point, but you know you look at the clubs like Leeds, Everton, West Ham, uh, Chelsea to a point. You know Man City, Leicester, and I've got to say Manchester United in that as well have handled it better than other clubs. And I think you have to say, you know, you look at this result and you talk about injuries and the not to, you know, Evans. And I don't want to disrespect our opponent, Slavia Prague, and in the Europa League group game, but that gives us a better fl- platform now to give someone like Evans a week off if, yeah. in, 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 in the best sense possible, giving Didi and you know, and that a bit of a rest because we know what we've got and we know we trust them, lads. We know if Luke Thomas comes at left back, he can do a job. We know if Amarty sits in the center back, he can do a job. We know if Mendy plays, he's he, he can do a job. So that's what's... that You've got to take the positives out of it and the positives are as a club and as a squad on a whole, we've come through it good and that's why we are where we are. It's no fluke that we're in the top four.
2: I think Brad has just looked at every member of the squad there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I've gone through the 25. (laughs) Yeah, But Julian,
2: the point I was going to make which is basically agreeing, agreeing totally with Brad is it says a lot about our squad. I've not known a year up to this year, when if we'd have had the injuries we've had, we'd be still where we are?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is, you know, down to, I think, fantastic recruitment policy that we have. You know, the players that are coming through look like they can step in and and be good enough. And then you look at some of the turnarounds recently. So looking at the bench today, you know, Ineachos had a, a bit of a come back in form and the last and got a few goals for his efforts. So, you know, a more than worthy sub to come on if we need a bit a bit more up top later on in the game. Um, you know, same with Chowdhury, he's come on and done well, came on again today. You know, so he's and these are guys who are coming from the bench and the, you know, they are sort of knocking on the door of the first team at the same time. And with all the injuries that we've got and we've still got this strength on the bench at the moment although we are looking super, super thin, but we are still winging through and getting the results. And, you know, like we've just said, that that's why we can still put out consistent performances week in, week out, even with the changes in personnel. So, yeah, I just think it's fantastic credit for everyone at the club involved with the recruitment. Uh, and we, we have assembled a very, very good squad.
2: I want to stick with you with this one if I can do Julian because it was a question that I'd I'd noted myself. But going to say good afternoon to, to Kurt. Thanks for joining us, Kurt, and thanks for, for joining in. Um the fact that Amati is the only one who looked out of place in a starting eleven shows how much strength we have in depth considering the amount of injuries we have. I must admit, I thought indeed he had a brilliant game, but I thought if there was a weak link, it possibly was Amarte didn't do anything majorly wrong but it just wasn't clicking from it you know it's what did what did you think of his performance today
0: I mean, I think as a centre-back myself, I would have ached to have been stuck out at right-back, you know, playing against Liverpool or another top club. You know, myself, I would have been very uncomfortable, you know, with your height and your physicality, you're more suited to a certain position. Uh, And he would have been nervous. And, and, you know, by the way, he's up against Mane, one of the best players in the Premier League, or one of the best forward players in the Premier League. I mean, that would frighten most full-backs to death, never mind, you know, a young lad who's a centre-back coming in there. And that is, for me, the confusion when I saw the line-ups announced. And I just thought, you know... Um, you know if you get Pereira out there it it might have been a better matchup but like I say you know as Brad said it it worked in the end went with the experience and and we came through it but uh, that, that could I thought in the early stages it could have really been uh the point where we came unstuck down that side, but we sort of seemed to weather that. And I think, indeed, he did a great job sometimes backing him up uh, and Suhenshu and, and Evans also covered him nicely in some of his sticky moments in probably the first 20 minutes. So, you know, it, it did work out, but it was, I suppose it's a tough decision for Brendan. And like I say, he sees the players day in, day out. He sees what we don't see. So I'm sat here saying he should have played Luke Thomas. But obviously, you know, I see once a blue moon and they're working with him day in, day out. and He's made his decisions based on that. And, you know, with a lot of backroom staff advising as well. So it works out well. It was absolutely the right decision. And, you know, they got it spot on. Julian, we
2: went 1-0 down. It was coming. I don't think we can deny that. I think it was coming from the first minute. We, You know, um,
0: it was a great goal, though, wasn't it? And I credit where it's due. It was. I'm a, I'm a real big fan of Firmino. You know, he, you know, he's not, I mean, he still actually does pop up with the goals, but he's not the out-and-out out striker. He's such an unselfish player. I love the fact, I mean, there was a, there was a moment uh, before Barnes actually got his goal where he went through and tried the, you know, to put it in the far corner. And I thought he could have squared it. And I know someone like Firmino would have done so from a, a maybe 50% chance. He's making it a 90 to 100% chance by laying it on a plane for someone. And that's what he does really well for Liverpool. And I think even when he goes through his droughts, I don't think it would bother Jürgen Klopp as a manager because he knows how hard he works for the team, how he gets back in and he knows his unselfishness and work rate to create for others. Uh, so huge fan, fantastic bit of skill. He knew exactly what he was doing. You could see him have a quick look over his shoulder just to make sure the ball had gone where he intended it to. And, he, and he, I mean, Mo Salah never broke stride and just passed it into the far corner. So a wonderful bit of skill to unlock us. And it was going to take something special, I thought, to do that, and you know, and it turned out it did. But uh, after that, obviously, the game changed in our favor. Favor. I've
2: saved this one for you, Brad. Um, substitution, seventy third, first substitution. All bright off wasn't having the best of games. In in
1: fairness, Perez on. Well, yeah, I mean, we should be accustomed to Brendan Rodgers going for Perez over, the, you know, over Cengiz under at this point. It, there's, there's no point in me being shocked at seeing that. And to be fair, I believe he played a part in one of the goals, did he not? So, you know, he came on and did a job. He obviously came on with an instruction from Brendan that, you know you've got something I need you to do out there for these closing minutes of this game and and, and and see a result out whether that was going to be three points which it, it turned out to be or or hold on to the point um so yeah i can't, I can't fault him you know I've always said I, I i won't come on here and just slate someone for the slate uh, for the sake of it and I, I I won't I won't just you know still begrudgingly sit here and go oh well, crap anyway still crap. No, he had he had a decent game. He he played his job. He, you know, he gets paid to do a job. Funny enough, and he actually did it for a change, which was nice to see. And again, when he went down injured, I was and I saw that stretch and my art was in my mouth because I don't want mm. him off injured. If Brandon mm. Rogers uses him for whatever he wants to and however he plans to use him, I want him fit. We can't afford any more injuries. Mm-hmm. Other, other, otherwise, I might have to go back and work at the King Power and get myself on the bench. Julian's <laughs> already got. God, Julian's going to ask you to send his kit over so we can get back out there
2: in this way. <laughs> hey, the, the, Julian would be just be like a, a dress on Julian. I will tell you. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Brad, I'll stick with you because we look. I saw a post earlier in, in the group. This was this morning, and when you actually look at Perez's stats, they're not as bad as everybody makes out. You know, he pretty much stands up well against Albright and, and, and under and, and other players. It seems sometimes it's like, and we all fall into this trap, you know, it was Chilwell a while ago, then it was Barnes. We always seem to want to have a player that we have to pick on.
1: Well, it, see, I don't like that as well, because Chilwell's proven that since that Shell since that or however you say his name's gone there, it's, it's funny how he doesn't rate him, does he? You know, he's not played for Chelsea much. Maybe, you know, sometimes fans do get something right. He is a bit edgy going forward, but he's not our player anymore. And he's not my concern. You know, he's gone to Chelsea, he's their responsibilities for them to worry about how how he progresses as a player. But like I said, Perez hasn't got and I'm not saying his stats aren't brilliant aren't too shabby for what he's got, but it's not like he's not warranted fans getting on his case. And it's not like he's not warranted not being in that starting eleven. I mean, I saw something, um, I think it was after the Wolves, no, it was after, our, uh, who, who did we just beat? Brighton, that was it. Gordon Bennett, Brad, to go going there, and I think I need to go for a nap. But when I actually mm-hmm. scored that late goal against in, uh, against Brighton to win us the game, somebody, and I can't remember who, so there's apologies to them, but they did exactly the same. They actually broke down Kele- Kelechi and I shows overall thing and I don't know if he did it on minutes played and that's how he totaled it up but I think it was something like in total Iniacho has made 50 game time appearances and contributed with 25 goals I don't know if that was goals and assists but it always looks better when you break things down like that but both of them in the, in the last five or six weeks when they featured at points and let's remember it was only at points because they've not always been glamorous but at points have shown what it is that frustrates us about them because we know what they are capable of doing. And I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see him come on today and we're not sat here going, we didn't do anything. Because yeah. he did. He got involved. He created something. And something positive came from him being on that pitch. And I'm happy for him. I'm delighted for him. Just as I'm delighted the, the, when the actually gets it right.
2: The BT uh, commentator said just after that, um, have Leicester haven't got the set pieces uh, right at all today. And I was thinking, like today, <laughs> what's uh, what's this different about today? Yeah. But Julian, defender, should we have had a
0: penalty? Ah, oh, from the VAR. Um, yeah. I, no, to me, it not It I just looked outside to me, and you know, it was uh, there. Were, there was some contact. I think uh, Thiago's feet were planted outside the box. If it's a penalty, if he's leaning over the line, I really, really don't know the, the, the laws these days because they change so many times. So uh, I thought it would have been a bit harsh. And if you turned it around and it was us attacking, uh, sorry, us defending and, and, you know, we'd had a penalty against us, I, I think we would have feel really hard done to. So I thought it was the right decision in the end. And, you know, I mean, and, and then we get the goal from it. So we're all good.
2: Bad. Brad Vardy was holding on to the ball. He obviously thought it was a penalty. Um, And then, um, you know, we we waited and waited for that VAR decision. We got the goal then from from the free kick. It kind of worked in our favour. I think it, it, you know, disrupted Liverpool a little bit, having to wait and see what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll make a, a point I said what I want to say. I agree with Julian, I don't think it was a penalty in the, in the end the right decision was given. But I was actually sat there watching it and I noticed the referee actually pointed to the spot immediately after he was. so I thought, they're talking about free kick. he's given a penalty, what they're going on about. Yeah. And if I wanna be an advocate for those that want to support VAR having less grip on the game, I mean the only thing you could say there is in argument to that if you want to have a bit of um, human error in the game, is that something that maybe they discuss later down the line? I know it would cause hell to pay, um, but, you know, in in people that want to see less of VAR getting involved in every single decision and want a referee to be able to run a game and not a monitor, I could see why, you know, people might have got frustrated with that. Ironically, with our set-piece history... I was more calm when we got the free kick, thinking, well, we might get a miracle, but I don't see much happening here than I than I was if Jamie Vardy is set up for a penalty. Not saying that I'm not confident in Jamie Vardy smashing the penalty straight in the back of the net. But I hate penalties full stop, no matter, you know, no matter the record, no matter how good they are at penalties. I, I watch penalties like this. I can't I can't watch mm-hmm. a normal penalty being taken. I can't watch it. But a free kick, I felt more calm. <laughs> Of of not getting my heart rate going,
2: that that went in Julian, and then pff, a mad seven minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for uh, you know the keeper is you know very much highlighted in the big game last week, and then and then that today, and and that really you know the, obviously the goal changes the games because we go two one in front, but it changed the whole dynamics in the fact that Liverpool then with very little time left had to really come at us and you know you saw then that we were we were getting in behind him quite often like say Barnes came to life, Vardy came to life and it for me it just like begs the question you know why why didn't we look in behind a bit more often? I know we like to play football but you have to do what's effective on the day and as Brad said we had the chances first off, but they were quite fleeting moments but there were those moments when we actually looked Madison to get in behind, Vardy to get in behind and for me not a long ball in behind, but we should have been looking behind the lines. Liverpool are absolutely renowned for playing so high and they're relying on this good defensive line they have. But in that, when we've got the perfect you know, response to that in Bardi, it, you know, I wondered why first half we didn't look at that option you know, more, more often. And if we had it done and had a bit more success with it, it would have dragged their line a bit back and given us the space to play in front of them, which we, we never had for the entirety of the first half. I've seen a few comments popping up from people on Facebook saying that, you know, he, he had a bad game and Albrighton had a bad game. I don't think they particularly had bad games. We, we didn't get on the ball. So, we, mm. you know, you don't look good in a game where you're not on the ball. If you're just running around and closing people down, it, it's difficult to look like we've had a fantastic game. And I think the whole team suffered from that. I couldn't, like I say, for me, the two centre-backs were, you know, I'd pick one of those for my man of the match because they kept it in the game. They were very busy. They did what they had to do. I said, you know, Amarty at the right back was backed up, you know, wonderfully by them. They covered his backside on a number of occasions, and they actually were the, the, you know, kept us in the game and and allowed us eventually when we go the goal down and get a bit more dynamic and a bit more urgent to go and build on that. Um, So, yeah, for me, that you know, that was that was the story of the entire entire game, and like I say, fortunately, it, it paid in the end. I mean, in the
2: first half, I think Vardy had a couple of chances and both those chances for when we... Uh, you know, got the ball over the top and, and, and let him run on to it. But I want to just give us a, sp- a shout out. This has just popped up. So I just want to sort of go off um, tap for a minute. Um, for John Creswell, age 53, he was a lifelong loyal fan that always travelled from Stafford to Leicester for the home games and COVID-19 uh, 19 took him from us a couple of days ago. So RIP to to John and certainly... Yeah, yeah, Give them a big shout out. Anybody who travels a long way or any distance to a, to, to a game—not saying they're any
1: better—but hats off to them and rest in peace, John. Yeah, rest in peace, mate. So it's never nice to hear. It's never nice to hear, no matter who you support, no matter who it is. It's yeah. you'd have to be lower than low to to come out and say anything against anyone that passes away. When yeah. at the end of the day, we are just football fans, and sometimes yeah. we forget that you know we're all united on that
2: now let's have a look at this then brad um and see how good this looks now Second, what, I'm, a
1: single, I'm a single man but i could fall in love with that table <laughs> <laughs> of course i could even, I though, it's, even though we're second I'd take that
2: but your cod your cod would be very jealous if you found well, that. that I, table. I'm going
1: to, have to file for divorce with cod because that that just looks <laughs> amazing to see, isn't it? It's, I just say, really Junior, nice we, to do. we do mean we do mean Call of Duty here. Brad, Brad, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not banned from chip shops. Don't worry. This is a game. Don't <laughs> worry, Junior. You don't have to lock up a chip shop near you. Couldn't, couldn't come come it.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Did I show this earlier? I
1: can't remember. Yes, but you it. Did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you <laughs> it, did. It,
2: it makes me laugh. Simple, simple things. But um, obviously, Man United have still got to play. But and I, and I, and I, I don't mean to disrespect Julian, like the West Hams and the Evertons and what have you, because they're there on, on merit. They as always say the table doesn't lie. But having that six points between us and Liverpool... And I think we've played the same games now. You know, we've got to lose two and they've got to win two, to, to, you know, for, for them for them, obviously to be, to go over us. And I think if you finish above Liverpool, I think you're going to finish in the top four.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, looking at the table now, the, the dangers to us of not making a top four finish are only really, um, you know, Liverpool and Chelsea. You know, the teams below that, your West Ham's, uh, Everton, Tottenham, I could not see at this moment in time their form being better than ours between now and the end of the season. So I don't see them actually being a problem. Obviously, with Tuchel going in at Leicester, uh, uh, sorry, Chelsea, uh, he's made a bit of a change around and they've had that sort of bounce back of a new manager coming in. You know, if that continues, they'll they'll come into contention. Liverpool, to be fair, I mean, I think they said on BT that their form at the minute is bottom six form, you know, in the last nine matches. So... um, Again, you know, they're, they're in a bad place at the minute and they need to sort of reset that. And we saw that, I think, a bit last season with Man City, who had a few injuries and their season really sort of trailed off, you know, a lot earlier than we expected. And, and, and now Liverpool are going through that. So uh, all we've got to do is keep doing what we're doing. And like I say, I, I can't see anyone outside the, the top five affecting us or finishing above us, but it's just that danger that we need to keep doing what we're doing, keeping above Chelsea and, and, and Liverpool if we can. I think, you know, Man United not always playing the best, but they just seem to be bringing the results out because they have got that bit of quality on the pitch and the likes of, you know, Fernandez and Rashford and players like that um, and Cavani. So sometimes when they're not playing quite so well, they'll pull the results out. And I think that's more why they're there than than great form, whereas Man City are the are the form team at the moment and are, are looking, you know, red hot to win the title. So um, keep doing what we're doing, keep getting the results out and just keep that form better than the teams below us. And, you know, for me, it'd be, it be—it looks like a top four finish all day long. And so hopefully we can get that over the line.
2: We're just going to have no fingernails left by the end of the season, are we? <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, we're just going to look at man of the match and, and performance. One second, we're straight back after this. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Please subscribe now on YouTube. I don't know if that worked or not. It's just nothing, nothing seems to be going right at my end. Um, yeah, so Alan Bennett, um, Leicester Till I Die blogger, very kindly does our man of the match and rates the team. Um, I, he made the point here that uh, you you have to sum up the whole game, but those seven minutes did change a lot of what he was going to be, be be given. As we all say, we all sat here and had to rewrite the script and what have you. But Brad, man of the match for him. And I thought I have to agree with him here. And I take on board what Julian said about the uh, the the two at the centre of the defence. But I thought, indeed, it was immense today. The manager, we can't question it. He got it right and probably deserves the eight And the team... You could say the first half performance wasn't brilliant, but we soaked the pressure up. We didn't concede until the second half, and then when we needed to, we came out. So, an eight for the manager, nine for the team. Indeed, man of the match. What What are your thoughts, Brad?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, on a personal basis, I think if I had to pick someone out, it say one nil, if you you know, because you hate like like Alan's very right, we have to judge that on a 90 minutes performance. I think if I had to try and pick a player out at that point and you asked me who's the man of the match so far for Leicester, I'm probably turning around and saying, just because Mr consistent for me, he always gets a leg in, gets that tackle, picks a player's pocket, unlocks a pass, you know, moves the ball forward. I think indeed he's a good shout. If I wanted to be different and go against that, I'd, I'd have to go with Julian. And I'd probably say Silent you does not look like he's missed a beat. Considering he didn't start this season and Fafana and Evans yeah. with the go-tos and he's been injured, he did not miss a beat. He's, he's made us extra sure from set pieces that we won't concede from him because he just got every... I, I don't remember a ball into the box that he wasn't involved in getting his head on at some point. Or 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 stopping someone getting to it who could have nestled it into the net. So for me, it's a toss up between Ndidi and Soyunchu, and I'm gonna put my neck on the line and say Soyunchu was definitely man of the match, you know, was man of the match overall for me.
2: Certainly up there. He still gives me the shits every time he gets the ball and tries and dribbles it out, but I've got to sort of try and get used to that now. Sometimes I just want to say just whap it into Rose head, you know. But
0: would you agree with Rad or, or or Alan there, Julian? No, I mean, I mean, Alan's right. Indeed, he did play well. And It's interesting that the three players that we're talking about are all defensive players, which just kind of sums up the uh, performance in a defensive mid and two centre-backs. Uh, I agree with Brad. I thought it was so true. He started, he made a couple of really good challenges early on and it just looked like he'd set his stall out for the day. Uh, and I was hoping they'd go on and, and keep a clean sheet just on the back of that. Um, like I say, he covered the young lad well. He was involved in everything. As Brad said, he was like a magnet to the ball when it came in the area. Uh, and he did look to give us a bit more, you know, aerial strength than, than maybe we've had, you know, in the last six weeks, months, or you know, for whatever period he's been out. So I definitely give it to him, and I, I do, if I'm honest, you know, I'll, I'll go over the 90 minutes, and I think the the numbers for the manager and the and the team are a bit uh, a bit generous, uh, but uh, but still, I suppose deserved in the end. But uh, yeah, for me, so true
2: Yeah, I think I think with the um, with with the results, you could say Brendan. Brendan got it right again, couldn't you,
1: Brad? Uh, yeah, you Brad. definitely could. It's always yeah. easier when the result goes well. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Can oh, you hear me? Yes. It's just weird. It's just because. Yeah, just because it's running fine my end, I didn't expect you to, not to be able to hear me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's always easy when the result comes comes your way and it goes well. But yet yet again, it's just one of them. I mean, how many times have we looked at a position, have Leicester been in this position where the 1-0 down against a good side, um, again, I say scrap injuries and, and form out, out the window, they are, they are a good side. We, we are talking about Premier League and recent European champions. And how many times in the last three or four seasons have Leicester gone on and lost that game? I mean, like you said, before before them three goals, we were all sat here thinking we was going to be sat here going, Oh, we missed a chance. Oh, it was only 1-0. Oh. And, and it just shows that never-say-die attitude that Brendan's drilled into them, that no game is ever lost, no matter the situation. Because it could have been easy for us to have just kept 11 men behind the ball and gone, All right, we'll take the 1-0 because got away with it, could have been 3-0, we'll take we'll take the 1-0 beating, we'll we'll, we'll go on to the Europa League game and, and pick up our form again there. And to see them keep going and the characteristics, the players obviously are on board and and, and obviously have a sixth sense of where Brennan is going to go tactically because it wasn't like it took 10, 15 minutes because it wasn't time for it to take 10, 15 minutes for anything tactically to change. The players must have already instinctively knew, right, he's telling us about the gaps, that's what we'll exploit. We don't need him shopping it around. They move themselves around. And in that, in that last 15, 20 minutes of the game, they were Leicester City that we come to love. Because they got the ball and they did what they did in glimpses in the first half. But that was pressed that high press. And it almost to the point reminded me of that performance against Man City. Where Man City were practically on their own, in our half, their defensive line, and Leicester kept putting the ball over the top and that's where we got our goals from. And it worked in the end. And eventually, I think we just got to that point in the game where we went, right, now's the best chance to try and go all out and push men forward to win it. And, and it did work.
2: Julian, do you think... We say Foxes never quit, and that was never more truer than under your manager, Martin O'Neill... We're getting that way again, aren't we? You know, we we feel we go one nil down. We don't feel like maybe, and no disrespect to previous managers, but more, most recent managers, you might think, go one nil down, well, that's it, we're going to lose. But with Brendan, you feel like, as with Martin O'Neill, this game goes for 90, 92, 94 minutes. We can still get something from this.
0: Yeah and and I've got to say obviously played under Martin and and that was his you know he used to send Walsh up front on numerous occasions when we were down and probably go a bit more direct and you know it paid off sometimes sometimes it didn't and we'd gone lose the game quite badly and all you know coming but I played for a manager who, and I can remember a game losing 3-0 and I was uh, I was like the spare centre half and I was motioning to go up the pitch a bit higher up the pitch and he was telling me to stay at the back because he was he didn't want to be embarrassed by any more goals and he was basically wanted to keep it at 3-0 and I know as we came off the pitch at the end having lost 3-0 and not doing anything about it that we all felt quite disappointed and we all sort of looked at the manager and thought you know really is that is that your mindset uh, and again so going to Brendan I think what today does is again such a good team to turn that result around it just will give you the next time you're in that situation a lot more confidence that you can actually turn it around because You know, if you're in the mindset that you don't want to and you don't really change a lot when you go a goal down and you keep things plugging away exactly the same, hoping something might happen, and it generally doesn't. So you do have to change. Like I say, the urgency did come. They made the substitution. All of a sudden, things happened. uh, And that is fantastic mentally for the players.
2: I uh, Burnley beating Crystal Palace 3-0, by the way. So however bad we... By ever, however bad we get, it could be worse. We could be we could be about Palace fans. They're going through a horrendous thing at the moment. I mean, I I felt like saying and 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 it. I've heard this. They said this on the Talk Sport with me this morning, and they've said it on a few programs. This is Leicester making a statement of it, intent, and you know we can't be ignored now. But you know we've already beaten Man City five two. We're going to get ignored still, aren't we? It'll all still be, you know, Man City, Man United, Liverpool. We're still going to be invisible, aren't we, Brad?
1: Well, yeah, but like Julian said earlier in the show, we've now got, you'd say, and and this is why I've always uh, turned down anybody or any reports of Brendan suddenly to, you know jumping ship and going to another club because we are a... We are a project, you know, I'm no mm. fool to that. No one here is a fool to that. Most managers, no matter if they've supported the, the club as a young boy, you're you you, you you're a project, you're a business. That's what football is, whether we like it or not. It's a success game. And Leicester are that team now that have the, ta- have the tails up and are, are the whispers of the town right now, in the sense that they've got the right mentality, the right players, the right push the right motivation to break up the mold what you've got to do and I've stressed this point again because I've made it before on this show we are like Tottenham back in 2000 mid 2000 odds when they had Martin Yole and they just signed Van der Vaart and Modric and Bale and that they had to wait their turn they couldn't just stroll in and finish sixth, finish eighth, finish fourth, finish ninth or whatever like like Leicester's Few seasons have been, I know it's not that dramatic, but my point stands is now we've got to back it up. We can't just say, well, we finished fifth, so we're top six side. We've got to back it up. And this season, we're backing it up. And next season, guess what we'll have to do? We'll have to back it up again. Because they were turning around and saying, can Leicester do it again? And then again, and then again, and then mm. will they win silverware? And if we keep doing that, like Julian said, in 10 years' time, we will be, we will be the big media darlings we will be the one that everybody gets sick of airing because they're always talked about and if we do that that's the that's the benefit you reap from that consistency and that's just what we need
2: I think we actually might be first on match of the day <laughs> tonight for a change sure. um, yeah. and I think I think most of us will be watching it and I, I think this is this is how we all feel at the moment take centre stage Mr Vardy I Think we all feel
1: feel like that I'll at tell you the what, moment. I tell you what was funny, and I know Salah is you know, he's got his religion and his Egyptian. So I'm not saying all of his celebration, was it? But you know, when he took a bow and you know, and yeah. Bruno Fernandez and players like that they have a bit of charisma the celebration. It was so nice to see that when Jamie Vardy scored, he still had that little bit of shit out of the back to Salah, didn't he? He kind of just yeah. when he did air hard with the corner flag, he thought. I know Salah didn't go over the top with celebration, but that was a nice little. Well, if you want to celebrate like an idiot, mate, so am I. (laughs) (laughs) We've missed that. We've missed that with him not scoring
2: in a while. We have. You've got to enjoy a Vardy celebration, haven't you? Quickly, and I want just one word answers here, Brad. So this will be difficult for Brad, but one word answers. Are we going to finish top? I don't think we're going to win it. And I'm, I'm, you know, taking off my blue-tinted spectacles here. And, you know, it, it looks like it's Man City's to lose. Yes or no? Are we going to finish top four, Brad? Yes. Julian? Definitely.
1: Yeah.
2: Different, word, oh, but really different words. Oh, look
1: at Julian those fancy big words. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well done. And I tell you what, can, can we just say well 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 done to Julian? He has gone through the whole show with a hangover.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> It was a late one. I don't do hangovers. I'm one of those lucky people that doesn't get them, but it was just a late night. So uh, yeah. don't,
2: don't you just hate some people, eh, Brad?
1: You know, <laughs> I,
0: I, I I can't hate Jimmy because
1: I'm the same. I was I was actually waking up and catching up on the last bit of cricket.
2: So I was
1: fine this morning. I'm just tired from that.
2: I'm I'm tired because I'm not sleeping because of what, what you know what's wrong with me at the moment. But I I just um I, I have one glass of wine and that's me knocked out now for two days. I'm just so out of the habit of drinking, but I might have to have one this evening. A it will help me sleep, and B, it's a celebration. Guys, thank you so much for the uh for the uh show this afternoon. It was a good one, and what a what a result, what a result. Bring
1: on Slavia Prague. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Chris, as always. And you, Julian. Uh yeah, so I've enjoyed it and yeah, bring them on. Yeah, cheers guys. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks very much. And yeah, we will cheers, see you. Yeah, yeah. I probably won't see Julian midweek because it's gonna be a very late one. Maybe Although... I know. Oh no, it's a six o'clock kickoff. So no, no, okay. we'll send you a message. If you can make it, you're welcome. If you're not, we'll know. No um that you uh, you've got your cocoa and your your <laughs> <slippers> on. <laughs> thanks very much Julian thanks very much yeah. brad oh God. God. Yeah. Take yeah. care bye bye uh oh he's gone already um thanks very much to both Julian and to um to Brad uh I they are my Andy Gateway to my Richard Keys they they know what they're talking about which means I don't have to know what I'm talking about. So thanks for them for getting me through this every week. So 3-1, second in the table. I'm not sure who United have got. Let's hope whoever they are playing will do us a bit of a favour. Starting to believe again. Maybe, like I say, not going to win it, but we could finish top four. (sighs) Fingers crossed. Slavia Prague midweek. And then Aston Villa next weekend so we will be back on Tuesday and we will be joined by uh Josh and I can see him off screen I hope he's not going to drop dead when I say this but Brad because it's going to be Brad Hicks who um he he, he, well he doesn't know about European football I tell you what it's not worth knowing so that's on Tuesday at seven on Wednesday at seven we've got the preview for the Villa show with Craig Then we're going to have the pre-match and post-match on Wednesday with uh, the Slavia-Prague game coming up uh, in the middle of that. And then the Opposition View show on Friday with uh, an Aston Villa fan, hopefully. If you're watching this, and like I say, if you are on uh, YouTube... Please, please, please give us a subscribe. We'd like to get those numbers up. Uh, It's great what people are watching, but give us a subscribe and let us try and get over that um, uh, mark where we can uh, start earning some money. It would be very nice if I can get some money back. And if you want to listen to us rather than watch us, your main big podcast uh, platforms, it's Leicester Till I Die, and we're on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and Google to name but four. Didn't quite make four. We certainly made three. It was Leicester one. uh, Sorry, Leicester three. Liverpool one. Go and enjoy your weekend, guys, and we'll see you on Tuesday night. Good night. Leicester till I die. Podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester till I die. This is Chris saying goodbye, and see you next time.